previously on Those Were the Days. I'm excited you're all here to join me on my sea space boat. We're going to do Star Trek underwater. I'm there. I didn't know that they went to space. He would have been a hell of a Starfleet captain. Somebody there must like dolphins. The bridge did look like a restaurant at Disney World at 8 <laughs> Darwin can help. Boy, did he not like this show. And sometimes mm. that was just New York Italian. Everybody has different hair. That's Mark Hamill during the Guyver years. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this show with, with you all for this, and I said, I also have a crush on Jonathan Brandis. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Welcome into Those Were the Days. Those Were the Days, the show where we look at classic television through a modern lens with nostalgic eyes. We are kicking off Private Investigators Month, and I am excited for this. We're heading out to Hawaii. We're going to drive a Ferrari around for a little while. We're going to do some swimming, some snorkeling, uh, hang out at the estate of one Robin Masters. Um, And uh, while I want to do this by myself, I really can't. I need some help. And so here with me, I have uh, flying the helicopter, Audie. Look, I know what you're thinking. Audie, all you've got is a Hawaiian shirt, no mustache, and a ball cap that's not even the Detroit Tigers. How magnum is that? Here's the thing. It's not that easy to grow a super amazing mustache. Just ask Chandler. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to get a Tigers hat down in South Georgia. Even with Amazon, sometimes you're just strapped for cash. At least it's baseball, and the Durham Bulls ain't nothing to sneeze at. I just also happen to have a Hawaiian shirt. Sue me. Bottom line, nobody will ever look as good as Tom Selleck did in that mustache. Except maybe Ted Lasso. Even so, we're going to talk about that private eye, and all the clues tell me we're going to have a great time doing just that. Also with us, she's not a meter maid. She was a police officer, but now she's a private (laughs) investigator. I think it's Amy. See, so the real secret to like a good handoff is that you want to do it right out in the open and you want to like hand it off between two separate people, but like in the same place. I think that's that's the real takeaway. It's important. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, doing an impression of John Wayne for unknown reasons, it's Stephen. Well, howdy there, Pilgrim. Uh, I didn't plan on that. Long ago, in a forgotten era called the 80s, a man's attractiveness was dictated by how much hair he could sport on his body. Yes, mustaches were sexy, eyebrows were magnificent, chest hair was to be envied, and a man was judged by how many cubic inches of space the dew on the top of his head could take up. By these metrics, it was decided that Tom Selleck was one of the mightiest of all men, sporting an unstoppable look and an even more unstoppable car. A man today could only hope to attain such heights. <laughs> Truth. If I was trying to channel David Attenborough for you there. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, <laughs> we're talking about Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. was a show ran on CBS from 1980 to 1988. Um, what I want to know is what kind of history do you all have with this? We're going to start with Amy. Uh, absolutely none. 
Now, uh, I will say that I did love Tom Selleck growing up because my sister and I adored Three Men and a Baby. Uh, and he is definitely the best one out of that crew. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then specific to this episode and probably a few more, um, I love Annie Potts. Annie Potts is phenomenal. Designing women, I will some t- at some point inflict on all of you. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we've got to do that one. We have to. Yep. It's just important. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm obviously familiar. There's no one that no one's like, no one doesn't know, right? <laughs> is it possible? I mean, I, don't, I mean, I'm I not talking about the kids, so. obviously. Right. Yep. Sure. But in our age bracket, like, you at least got to know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, how about you? Oh, I've never watched this show before in my life, Travis. Uh, this is new to me. Uh, I, I like va- I remember it being on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's like vague memories, but it's just not. It's not one of those things that I watched. And after watching an episode, well, we'll find out whether I think think that's a good thing or not <laughs> as we go on. But I, yeah, I've, I have no history whatsoever. All right, Audie. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I never watched it. Per se, I I think it's one of those shows where if it was on in the background of somebody else's house where their parents were watching it or something, I probably caught some of it. Um, but like Amy said, I mean, how could you not know about Magnum? He was just so much in the yeah. zeitgeist of everything with us growing up yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, he really, really was. But but it is funny as I was drawing the artwork for this, we me and my wife were were watching Friends. Right around the time he shows up in that, so. <laughs> oh, um, right. Oh, yeah. We have that, Sans too. mustache. Mm-hmm. Which Eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up with um, Magnum on in the house. There, were, there, were two sh- there are two television shows that I instantly identify with my father, and that is The Rockford Files <laughs> and mm-hmm. Magnum P.I. My dad, growing up, my dad loved the Rockford Files, watched it all the time, watched the made for TV movies that came out in the 90s, all that stuff. And then he also watched a lot of Magnum P.I. Now, he also, my dad is about six foot three, had uh, brown hair, kind of curly, and a mustache. So, you know, he was going for, I think he was going for the Thomas Magnum look. Um, yeah, he's got, that's me. So, uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, like, just growing up, it was a show that we watched a lot, and I remember it, and I, um, I, I really enjoyed it uh, just for the it, – because it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got a, it's got a good amount of humor to it. Um, it's just a cool-looking show. Like Miami Vice was really cool and slick, but this was cool before that. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the whole set on Hawaii, driving a Ferrari around, like it was just – you wanted to be Magnum, right? He had the perfect mm-hmm. – like what a great life. He just got to take cases whenever he felt like it and just live in a mansion on Oahu. That's a pretty good life. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, as I mentioned, the show ran from 1980 to 1988, uh, eight seasons. It was co-created by Glenn A. Larson and Donald P. Belisario. Mm. Now, we've seen a Glenn Larson show already, Knight Rider. Glenn Larson was the... Mm-hmm. He created or co-created uh, Alias Smith & Jones, Battlestar Galactica, um, Quincy M.E., BJ and the Bear, The Fall Guy, Magnum, Knight Rider. Those were all Glenn Larson shows. This was All with a- cars that you, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you remember. Glenn, yeah. Glenn had a th- thing for cars, and uh, Belisario had a thing for main characters who were former military. Because Donald all Belisario right. created 
Magnum PI, JAG, NCIS, Quantum mm, League. Yeah. Those are all Donald Belisario oh, okay. shows. This was the first one. Uh, this was Belisario's first show he had creator credit for. He had written some episodes here and there of stuff. Um, Glenn Larson had been working on the Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries, and Battlestar Galactica with ABC, pitched them this idea that it was initially going to be on ABC, and then in 1979 they canceled Hardy Boys and Battlestar Galactica, and so he took the show to CBS, and CBS ran with it. And famously, Tom Selleck, because he was under contract for this show, could not do Indiana Jones, could not do Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because of scheduling conflicts, which sort of happened, and then there was a strike, and he could have done it, but he was under contract, and he wasn't going to break that. So, he did this, ended up carving up, you know, carving out a pretty nice career for himself. So, not not so bad. Um, the show starred, as we said, Tom Selleck as Thomas Magnum. We also had uh, Roger E. Mosley as Theodore T. C. Calvin, his uh, uh, an ex-military. Uh, so. Three of the four main characters are Vietnam vets in this. Magnum, TC, and Larry Minetti's character of Orville Rick Wright, which I love the fact that his first name is actually Orville. Um, (laughs) And in the pilot episode, he ran a cafe, and it was very like um, Casablanca kind of going on. It was called Rick's Cafe. Oh, yeah, okay. um, the, The producers thought eh, nobody's going to really like that so they switched it out and he just had a bar after that um and then john hillerman uh played jonathan higgins the butler of the robin masters estate um one thing i did not know this growing up uh hillerman is from texas <laughs> he uh and he his normal speaking voice is kind of a texas drawl and it sounds <laughs> if you see an interview with him and all you know him as is Higgins, it, it's it's so disorienting. Oh my god! Because he does such a good job playing this world. Because he's a also a military vet. He's a World War II vet um, nice. with the British military. Mm-hmm. Uh, one a, a few things about this. This was a show that um, with three Vietnam vets as the main characters was kind of a and and having them just be like normal people and not broken or something because of Vietnam was not uh, not a normal thing at this point. Uh, Vietnam was still pretty controversial in 1980 when it debuted. So there's a lot, like, this show did a good job of just making them into regular people because a lot of the veterans were. Um, And I I thought that was kind of neat reading about that. Um, But, yeah, it's set on Hawaii. There's a lot of recurring characters. We saw a couple of them here. One was Lieutenant Yoshi Tanaka. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the the one that comes in in the black suit and says, "I'm going on vacation to Detroit." To Detroit, yeah, because <laughs> of course, when I think vacation, go. I think Detroit. is that where Hawaiians <laughs> go on vacation? They're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go to Detroit." I'm sick of these. <laughs> Got to get away from views. this. Paradise. I need to see buildings. Yeah, <laughs> these beaches suck. I'm so tired of looking at them. Take yeah. me to Detroit. Um, <laughs> and uh, oh, another set of characters we didn't get to see in this episode. Uh, which I'm kind of bummed about is Higgins has two Dobermans that he would take around the uh, estate with him um, that were named Zeus and Apollo, Aww. and they were <laughs> they were the lads as he would always call them. Nice. <laughs> and like uh, but yeah, the the show centered around Thomas Magnum getting to just live in Oahu. He worked for a writer named Robin Masters, who you don't see in the series. Um, he's 
his voice appears in like five episodes, voiced by Orson Welles. Nice. Um, Whoa. Holy cow. All right. And they were going to have him play the part in the f- the end of the series, but he died before the series ended. So mm-hmm. they did reveal Robin Masters at the very end. He was a different actor that played him. Um, but Magnum is a former Navy SEAL, and he basically just lives on the estate and does investigations as he feels and gets to drive the Ferrari around because of something he did for, for Masters at some point. So... The show was originally going to be set in, like, San Pedro, California, around L.A., um, but CBS didn't – they want – CBS wanted to use and, and not shut down the l- recently renovated production offices they had in Hawaii from making Hawaii Five-0. So ah, they changed go. it to set it there. And they actually did the same thing at the end of this series, or towards the end, when Jake and the Fat Man came out. They set that in Hawaii <laughs> for the same reason. They're like, we got oh, offices nice. there. Just – Let's yeah. do that. So oh, I'm sure everybody hated that they had to go to Hawaii yeah. to shoot mm-hmm. the show. Oh, uh, man. We watched an episode from season seven called AAPI. And <laughs> yeah. I was looking through episodes of the show to decide one. There were crossover episodes with uh, Simon and Simon and Murder, She Wrote. And there's also there's some two-parters. There's one that sets, takes place in London. There's all this stuff. And I... I saw this, and I couldn't pass it up. Magnum is getting an award at a private investigator's conference (laughs) in Hawaii, a local private investigator of the year award. So, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, a private investigator's conference, and then there's a murder that takes place at it, and everybody's trying to figure it out. Sold. We're doing that. So so the, the episode opens up in black and white in uh, 1941 and it's like an old hard-boiled detective and it's Magnum. It's Tom Selleck in the full-on suit, fedora um, and he pulls up and I liked, this was kind of cool. So when he pulls up and he talks to that guy, Wilmer, and he says, you know, Wilmer, who killed the fat man? Alicia Cook Jr. was the actor playing Wilmer. Played a punk by the name of Wilmer in the Maltese Falcon. Nice. Nice. I love and it. it was a it was a young kid that kills Sam Spade's partner in that movie, mm-hmm. uh, and Sidney Greenstreet played the fat man in the Maltese Falcon. So Magnum's fantasy is uh, about the Maltese Falcon, and had uh, the actual actor from there. I thought that I, I was like, that's okay, cool. that's nice. That's that's well done. Yeah, actually um, got one really actual nice actor. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he was yes. uh, Cook. Cook was the only one of only two uh, actors alive at the time from the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> that explains oh, wow. it. So, uh, so we get that little fantasy, and then Magnum, you know, comes out of his dream state, and he's at the conference, and uh, a friend of his, um, or a colleague, I guess you would say, uh, is telling some really horrible jokes. <laughs> it's uh, he. Nobody's even courtesy laughing for this guy. <laughs> no, like it's, it's not. Nobody's even trying. No, um, and the character that he was, and I can't remember his name now. Let me get it here. But Luther? He, Luther Gillis. Yes. Luther Gillis, Luther that's Gillis. who it was. It so, says it on his hi, my name is tag, because they're at a <laughs> conference, which was my favorite little detail of this entire flippin' show, was everybody had a little name tag. Hi, I'm Thomas Magnum. Oh, oh wait, because I have another trivia piece for Luther you Gillis. based on that here shortly. But right. Luther Gillis was a character that they did try to make him 
potentially have a spin-off show, but nobody liked the character um, enough to do that. And it's Why it's really you... it's a terrible it's a terrible character. <laughs> like he's just it's a dumb idea. We'll, like, we'll that... get to my favorite and the worst <laughs> scene in this entire episode. Oh yeah, it that... involves Luther. But that guy's a great like character actor. I could see him leading a show, but not as this character. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So so Luther gets done, and then they bring up a uh, famed French inve- um, inspector, uh, Jean Claude, um, and he Part starts to course. give his speech. No. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna go. We need to go to our French correspondent Amy <laughs> to <laughs> tell us how terrible this was. No, it was real good. <laughs> Okay, good. So he starts to give his speech, um, and in the middle of it, he croaks right there in in a room full of private investigators. By the way, one of those tables of PIs, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this or not, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Or Audi. It looks like Audi did, and I loved this, was um, the main character from the streets of San Francisco, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, Columbo. And Kojak, Detective Mike Stone, Mike Stone. That's what it is. Because so they had mu- they were yeah. all credited as fake whatever. Yes, so good. <laughs> that was their credit. Yeah. But the best part: there's a shot later on that gets a little bit closer, and you can see their "Hi, my name is" tags, and their tags are Peter Falk, Telly Savalas, <laughs> and uh, whoever played Detective Mike Stone. Yeah, so that's amazing. <laughs> that's the. It was. I love that there's a multiverse. Like, eat your heart out, Marvel. Uh-huh. Like, there's already a detective multiverse in the '80s on Magnum PI. I would, I would watch a, a bunch of movies and set in this world. Easy. I just gotta say because I watched to see how they were credited at the very end of the credits. It was celebrity doubles supplied by Ron Smith celebrity lookalikes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Did you just order one? Yep. Apparently. You just order a Columbo. Um, I want to do that, by the way. I want to order a Columbo. This is what I'm Please. saying. Yeah. Um, Please. We also got uh, a cameo from, um, hang on, I got to get the name here. Um, well, we were going to have a cameo from Jim Rockford. They wanted mm-hmm. to have yeah. him mm-hmm. in this episode, but they couldn't make it work. Um, mm-hmm. There was just, I don't know if it was... A, it was something to do with rights issues and like letting the character. He was be suing Universal that. at the time. Yeah, Jim, uh, James yeah, Garner that's what it was, was in a was. legal tussle with Universal, and they couldn't get it. Couldn't get it to happen because Tom Selleck had had, had been a character on the Rockford Files for a few a couple episodes yeah. prior to this. Um, the other one though was uh, Stephen J. Cannell. Yeah, which is the name that we know. He was the hotel detective uh, Lemon. So Stephen J. Cannell, writer and creator of shows that we've watched, like The Greatest American Hero, mm-hmm. oh. among others. Among others. Um, so, and also uh, at this is Annie Potts playing uh, the character of Tracy Spencer. Um, so Jean-Claude uh, croaks, Fournier, dies right in front of everybody. Magnum goes back to the hotel room with um, Fournier's girlfriend, I guess, uh, Carol. It's who, fine. He's French. It's just don't mm-hmm. don't don't think about it too hard. <laughs> John and Claude, no. All right, all right. She was, but Car- Carol was something else in this. Like half of her lines were just either "Oh, John Claude" or "Oh, Thomas." Mm-hmm. It yeah. cracked me up. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. But he's uh, so it's Magnum, uh, TC, and Rick and Carol. 
And TC and Rick are giving Magnum all sorts of crap about how he never got his award. And he's like, I don't care about the award. You know, very, very earnestly not caring about the award that he cares a whole lot about. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. And uh, the lieutenant comes up, what we mentioned, um, and says he's he's leaving to... Basically, he just had to have a part in this episode, I guess. Because <laughs> it's pointless for him to show up and be like, well, I'm going to Detroit. Have fun. Bye. Nobody mm-hmm. investigate. Um, contractually obligated for 24 episodes. They had to finally yeah. put him in there. So... <laughs> Magnum decides, well, he's going to investigate it because he knew Jean-Claude. And he goes out and he runs into Luther in the hallway. Um, Of course. And then they run Mm -hmm. into, they get run into by Lemon in the hallway, who tells him, get, you know, what are you doing up here? Get get out of here. Quit quit trying to investigate stuff. They ask him who the police officer assigned to the case was. And we get police detective Lieutenant Gordon Katsumoto, who, for reasons unknown, talks like John Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was so confused by that. Yeah. I don't know why. Don't know and, and not a hundred percent of the time. He breaks that character every so often. So it's like Well Luther no, I got it. So Luther was doing the impressions and they had this impression contest and he called him John Wayne or something at one point. So he started talking like John Wayne, he was right? Doing it before that. No, he was doing he it before that. He did it before that. Yeah. So, okay, man, I'm misremembering. When when you hear him say John Wayne, that's um, Security Chief Lemon telling them who the officer, who the detective is assigned to the case. He comes out oh. of the hotel room doing the John Wayne walk. It's so. And that's when. Oh, okay. That's why Luther starts doing the impressions. The impressions. All right, I had it backwards. Yeah, but he. But he doesn't stop doing that throughout the whole episode. Like, just every time Katsumoto's in it, he's doing John Wayne. I don't know why. It was so weird. Because the actor could do a decent impression, so they <laughs> just said, that's funny, you should do that more. And they just wrote it. And he's Part played, of character. Yeah, and he's played by character actor Clyde uh, Kus, uh, Kusatsu, who yeah. I've, you've seen in all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's, oh, yeah. He's good. He's popped up in everything, and he is, he is very good. He's very funny. It was just so odd. And then, so Luther <laughs> Luther tries to distract uh, Lieutenant Katsu, uh, Katsumoto by doing just random impressions while Magnum sneaks into the room of Fournier to get whatever evidence he can find. Um, and their impression off uh, goes for a long time. Much longer than any human being would have put up with Whatever Gillis was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Including, like, we keep hearing it in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so bad, but but funny, too. So Magnum sneaks into the room. He's looking around for uh, any evidence that he can find. We get our first kind of voiceover. Um, and one of those great fourth wall break moments when he opens up the Bible and finds the little black book. And then he just <laughs> looks up and just kind of winks at the camera. Like, hey, look what I found. That was... That was new. Like, I didn't know that this was a fourth wall breaking show. I didn't know there was narration. I didn't know there was fourth wall breaking. And then it dawned on me, and I'm kind of glad we had that noir intro. Mm -hmm. This is an 80s noir. Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's a noir deal. The voiceover, the whole thing, the telling of the story with just 80s polish. Mm -hmm. I guess polish, if you can call it that. Pastel colored noir. Mm -hmm. So it's not noir. What's the French word for pastel? Pastel? 
That's probably what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's seems a right. pastel. Seems like something we stole. <laughs> pastel. Yes, feels like a feels like a yeah. You got to say it different. Yeah. It's a pastel. Um, so that's I'm, I'm calling that's the category of this show now is pastel. And if you make a movie that's '80s based, but it's also noir ish, that's we'll, what it's. That's we'll what call it. Is. We'll call it gris because noir is black, <laughs> so gris okay. is gray. There you go. Gris. Pastel black. Yes. <laughs> We're really working hard on this, aren't we? There you go. We're going to make this, this trademark. Work. We're making this happen. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. We're going to this show is good like every I feel like every week this show is like a moment away from pivoting into something else entirely forever. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just you know. Teetering on the edge. Yeah. So so while Magnum's doing this and we're still hearing Gillis and Katsumoto out in the hallway um continuing to go Tracy Spencer just appears inside the room <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> with a gun drawn on Magnum. Like, and uh, so they have a talk. Magnum tells her, all right, we got to get out of here. So they go out the balcony. Did anybody notice the goof, though, on the return from commercial break that wasn't there? There was a goof where they showed an exterior shot of the balcony and they were already on it. But then they went to the interior scene. I didn't oh, notice I that. that. I missed that. Yeah, that's awesome. totally, totally happened. So they go out onto the, the balcony to get out of the room by just going like one room over mm-hmm. into someone else's room that thankfully had the balcony unlocked. Um, and I did capture possibly the best audio <laughs> you could have you. in this entire episode. <laughs> So Magnum, they're they're bantering while this is going on, and Magnum easily makes it over to the other balcony because you know he's six foot four, and it's like three feet away. Mm-hmm. But then Annie Potts gets on there and she starts to to move down. <laughs> it was the least scared sound I've ever heard of somebody <laughs> hanging off the side of a hotel, and it sounded like this. Wow. Oh, we barely heard that, Travis. Can you can oh. you crank that? Yeah, hold on. Barely heard it. I don't know if it's coming through. I can fix that. Yep. It needs to be heard by the people. <laughs> One more time, it sounded like this. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. In her defense, when I was in college, um, a friend of mine and I got um, we got t boned in the parking lot of the of the college like we were leaving and somebody was trying to get to band practice in the far corner we got t-bone and like it was bad like it was a pretty bad accident and she did go ah when it happened (laughs) so sometimes you know screaming is hard like if you don't practice so i feel like like it's cool yeah, well, if nothing else, I, I, it, it gave me this that I now like, have on a soundboard and I can play whenever I want. So yeah. when something happens and I need a reaction to it, it's just. <laughs> so good. I literally texted or wrote to Travis when I watched when I heard that sound. I was like, please, please tell me you capped that because we have to have it on the Because sh- I couldn't get my soundboard to work. I tried for like 10 minutes. I stopped the episode and I kept trying to get it recorded. Nice. I couldn't make it work. I was like, please, Travis, please get it. So just, just before that, I got to share, though, one of my favorite lines from Gillis in this episode. When he fakes the heart attack. 
god. And he lays down and he's like, It's my ticker. Get the paramedicals. <laughs> It's like, get the paramedicals. They want real good. They want a show of this person. They want this character to have a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Like, but no. I think possibly by season seven they had given up that hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but so. I, I don't remember. So Magnum and uh, Tracy get o- get over to the other balcony, and then Magnum says, "Look, it's not that I don't want you to help, but Jean Claude was a friend. I knew him." It's important to me that I do this myself. So, bye. And he just walks into the room, closes the sliding glass door, and locks her out on the balcony. And leaves. <laughs> and goes you know, back to his room. Like you do. Right. Yeah, I mean, she mm-hmm. poofed into the other room. She can poof out wherever she yeah, needs to be. that's true. So he goes back to his room with, his, with the little black book that he found. Um, and he sits down to read it. And start, you know, figuring the, the case out when... Gillis shows up, so he lets him in, and Gillis starts telling him, t- starts talking to him, and he and, and I love the, uh, you know, it was just like a case I had back in '66 in uh, was it not Cleveland, but it was something like that, Ohio, where they had trucks running illegal peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, peanut. I wrote that down. Like, who says peanut butter? <laughs> like, what even is that? Uh, I don't know. I did a but lot Matt, of that. I asked that question a lot during this episode. I was like, what, what is that? What are we doing? <laughs> Peanut butter. So Magnum tells him, I didn't find anything. Gets him out. Goes back to read the book. Tracy shows up. There's a knock at the door. Magnum walks over, opens the door, and you just hear, Magnum! And he slams the door on her. <laughs> Because of course I was. Annie Potts is a treasure. She really, yeah. Mm -hmm. Annie Potts is. I didn't recognize. I thought it was her when I saw her because I'm my exposure to Annie Potts is Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. and Janine. So I, I was like, wait, is that? I couldn't quite tell because her hair was poofy. Janine's hair is very, very short. Mm -hmm. I was like, is that Annie Potts? That's Annie Potts. Holy cow! That's Annie Potts. I got really excited, and then the (laughs) Magnum really that did it for me. And this was uh, this was Annie Potts between Ghostbusters one and two, yeah. Um, where she looked very different in two from one, and this was during that transition. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Magnum isn't having her help. Ends up following, uh, or no, he decides he's going to head out and uh, go console Carol. So he leaves, and a car follows him, but he doesn't notice it. He gets to Carol, and he's talking to her. And we get a scene of her just saying, oh, Thomas, over and over. Um, and, uh, and him consoling her. And they're trying to figure out what's in the black book when gunshots are heard. And then Gillis opens the door <laughs> and says, sorry to barge in. Some fool just shot me. No, shot some wimp arm. just shot yeah, me. Yeah, wimp. Sorry. Yeah. So, so he ends up in the hospital. Higgins in his, you know, because he has to be in the episode, shows up to hypnotize <laughs> the already very doped up Gillis. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Amy. It was just painful. It was just, it was. <laughs> All I, I think of was, what show was it that we watched that had the hypnotism oh, in it? Uh, it was. My uh, Secret Identity. My Secret Identity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's just like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. We're starting to discover some tropes here. Magnum's going to get hypnotized by accident. It's going to be a whole thing. Here we go. I did think it was it was pretty funny how like Higgins is there, and he obviously he knows Gillis 
So there's the joke of like, because they don't tell you what's happening right away. And Magnum's like, but you've done this before. And he goes, yes, but there was some amount of intelligence involved. <laughs> <laughs> and then it works. And he's like, oh, apparently it's my standards were too high. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Carol just keeps asking like questions and won't shut up the whole time. But they get some information. And uh, then Magnum decides that he's going to look after or he's going to check out uh, Lemon. There is a great joke. A really, really good joke where um, Gillis is talking about a car, the car that yeah. followed Magnum. And he yeah. says it was a, a, a two-tone blue and gray sedan. And Carol says, oh, Lemon? And he goes, no, it was a really nice car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's a good joke. That's airplane that's, level. Yeah, 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 that's good quality. Um, <laughs> is an airplane joke. Yeah. It's totally. It's like that's the joke. only reason yeah. that character was named that, so they could do that joke at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely <laughs> right. They wrote half the episodes. They went, "Ooh, that's a good spot. Let's rename the character." And went back through, <laughs> <laughs> find and replace, baby. So Magnum decides he's going to tail Lemon and figure out what's going on with him. So he tails him in a Ferrari from about thirty feet away. You know, inconspicuous. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> in a convertible Ferrari with Tom Selleck driving it, mind That's you. Fine. Don't There's no way. Just, just the it. ultimate in camouflage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> completely. <laughs> to be fair, in Hawaii in 1980-whatever, I mean, who yeah. wasn't trying to be Tom Selleck? Uh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um, so he follows him. There's a, a meeting late at night, and he's staking it out when who shows up? Our friend Gillis just comes a flying in, gets out of his car, and starts yelling at people and getting ready to shoot them all. And a, a shootout happens. Um, Lemon gets away. The other guy drives away. Magnum yells at Gillis a lot about showing up for that. And then we cut to them. <laughs> back at the hotel after the other car drove away and we watched we watched Magnum like stare at the license plate so we know he got the license of this car mm-hmm. cut back to the hotel and there's Tracy and there's Gillis and there's Magnum it's 5 a.m. he's tired she's berating him for not even because he's claiming he didn't get the the license plate because he doesn't want their help uh, they're both telling him look you're not you're not pulling your weight you're not doing your part in this investigation <laughs> and I do like that where he finally gets up he's like Look, you showed up at a stakeout, nearly got yourself killed, or worse, got me killed. Uh, (laughs) That was good. Right. And so Gillis gets all pissy and leaves, and then he gets Tracy to leave and immediately calls up Carol because she's got a computer. I think that's the other reason Mm -hmm. that she's here. She was involved with Fournier, and she has a computer so she can look up stuff for him. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love it. Get all those BBSs. Yes. See what you can discover. Mm -hmm. So he gives her the license plate. (laughs) of the car uh, and then falls asleep. And we have another little dream sequence of him, like painting the door mm-hmm. uh, no, of his, yeah. of his office, mm-hmm. which had I our was second, so fourth tired. Like. I was so tired for him, by the way, like watching him. <laughs> all I could imagine is the nights have pulled an all nighter and was just like, he's dead. Like he can't do anything mm-hmm. tomorrow. Like if you ever had a headache and tried to do something, oh, like it's not going to be good. No. no, it's, it's your body's like, stop it. You sit down, <laughs> which, which is actually why I loved the scene. The, the next shot where he wakes up to the phone ringing. 
<laughs> because yeah, he's, at it. he's laying there, and then he opens up his eyes, staring at it, and then closes them, and then opens them again, <laughs> and shakes his head no, and then closes yeah. them, and then it's a like third no time, world. and nods yes, and picks up the phone. I was like, it's so real. I, I felt like I was watching myself for a second, because I have done mm-hmm. that so many times. Like, uh-uh, no. All right, oh. fine. Yes, I'll get up. Um, so Tracy, or um, Carol found out that the car was registered to Tracy. So Magnum decides to follow her. And she goes, she's acting very suspicious. What's that, Amy? It gets real good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tracy is at the loading dock of the hotel. And out of the kitchen, I guess, comes one of the cooks with a package, gives it to her. Mm-hmm. clandestine now, she grabs that she slips it into her bag and i go. did think for like a hot second that maybe it was just going to be takeout like yeah. he was going to go for and she's going to be mm-hmm. like it's chicken wings you know what i mean like my rangoon but uh <laughs> i'm with you real. i thought it was going to be something completely innocuous yeah. no no big deal yeah so yeah so she takes the package and then walks 15 feet away and stands and waits for basically the man. around the truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even leave the loading dock she's standing on. When um Do these people ever heard of dead drops like she could have just sat it somewhere like in the amount of time it took her to do this handoff. Right. Instead, it was her boss, Richard Lindley, who we learned earlier she l- got fired from the police department and is now a private investigator for the Lindley Detective Agency. Lindley also it gets name dropped, is the head of the American Association of Private Investigators. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindley walks up to her, and she gives him the package. And then he walks away. So why she had to take it from the cook who already knew it was going to Lindley anyway, I don't know, but we don't that's, know. that's where we got. <laughs> and then Magnum walks up. The plot up demands and, it. Yeah. Magnum comes out and confronts her about it. We get our second really bizarre scene um we've had uh dueling impressions and now we get a third uh, another impression but this time of a horse because magnum tracy's all upset with magnum and says i'm not speaking to you and he goes fine don't speak just paw at the ground if i get something right she says what like trigger (laughs) so he starts to ask a question and then tracy does she Bats her foot at the ground like a horse would, and whinnies mm-hmm. at him at one point. And it's Honestly, just played he all. That. <laughs> he kind of. Uh-huh. Did. Uh, <laughs> so Magnum figured out that Lindley has started doing drug trade. Uh, he's smuggling drugs, and Tracy uh, found out about it somehow. Overheard a conversation, and tried to get involved so that she could bust him. Um, and I love it because then when Magnum says, look, the car that was at the shootout last night was registered to you. And she's like, Lindley borrowed it. You got to believe me. And he goes, yeah, I believe you. <laughs> I'm glad so he dumb. did because I sure didn't. Yeah, no, I did not. Because <laughs> his, his rationale was it's so dumb that nobody would make that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So they decide they're going to get the drop on Lindley. He calls up TC and Rick to help him out. Uh, they're going to record 
Lindley with in, uh, and get the incriminating evidence and all of that. So they set can it up I just in... Say, with the whole phoning thing, for whatever reason, my note was rotary phone alert. Like, up until that, I was yes. like... Yes! Nothing particularly just completely set this in the 80s until they had that rotary phone. And I was just like, holy crap. Yeah. There are rotary s- phones everywhere. I wrote down a mm-hmm. note as well. <laughs> Same thing. One nice thing, though, is every time Magnum dials a number on it, he dials seven numbers, which is He nice. dials the whole thing. Like it's usually, five 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 something 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 something. Yeah, I know that's for sure. Like usually <laughs> in TV, you see somebody they just kind of like paw at the phone for a couple of mm-hmm. numbers, and that's all they need. So yeah. they set it up took a sting. ten seconds of film. To do the <laughs> yeah. So they, they set up a sting in the um, I guess the laundry room. It looks like, and Tracy's there. Lindley comes in with his two goons. Magnum is hiding with his uh, pistol ready and a tape recorder in the other hand. And uh, TC and Rick pull up in TC's van uh, because he has uh, a, a uh, helicopter and van tours business. And I want that Volkswagen van with the, uh, <laughs> the paint job. That thing was choice. Brown, mm-hmm. red, and yellow. Yeah, That's a color combo right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, the it's not quite all the way eighties yet. Well, this is that seventies eighties, high seventies, mm-hmm. yeah, weird, yeah, high seventies. Little transition 80s. there, yeah. Not all the eighties um, made it to Hawaii yet. No, it's still <laughs> it takes very a long ugly time. world we live in. Yeah, um, I could feel those walls in the hotel though. You know that <laughs> wallpaper that's yes. like ripply. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel it, but just by look, I could smell the room and feel like I've. I've been in condos lately that look exactly like that. (laughs) So Rick and TC, uh, like a cop or security guard, just happens by them as they're checking their pistols. So, which was very (laughs) nice. And uh, he stops them. We cut away. Um, Tracy starts telling Lindley about how, like, you know, oh, whoever the cook is 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 wanting more money. Blah blah blah. This all goes on. We cut back, and there's like a dozen cops standing around. There's so TC. many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, they also got Luther involved. Uh, but on his way in, he gets stopped by uh, Katsumoto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when everything finally happens, and and Magnum stands up and says, "All right, you're done. I've got the recording." Blah blah blah. We've got backup coming, and then no one shows up. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've got a standoff. When three of the cooks come out of the kitchen for whatever reason and all have guns on them. For and, whatever reason. And pull the guns and we get a shootout. And well, it just like, sort of. Because they're drug cooks, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So that's how that know. goes. <laughs> and I loved when the shootout, Rick and TC are like, oh, we got to go do something. The cops don't say, no, you stay here. We'll take care of it. They'll just follow them. But sure, but okay. Let's yeah. go. Well, yeah, let's and go. you're definitely not a bad guy. We're we're sure of that. Mm-hmm. We already had our one shootout for the episode, so we get a couple of shots, and then it's just slowly panning further, pulling further and further back from the hotel as you hear the gunshots, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. fade out. And we fade in from the last commercial break, and it's Carol and Higgins coming into the hospital with a just a cart full of flowers for everybody. This has to be one of my favorite endings to a show ever. It's really good. <laughs> it's the longest hospital room I've ever seen. Like it rivals the Bob, rivals the Bob Newhart uh, hospital room yeah, that we really saw does. back at Christmas. Just massive. I think my favorite moment in it is Gillis with his arms 
Uh-huh. <laughs> he has to like yeah. pull them right, in right, to hold right, the right. to hold the and flowers so he can sniff the flowers them. there. Yeah, just, just leave them there and, and go on. He's just a plant now. But everybody <laughs> got hit during the fight during the gunfight except Magnum. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah. in hospital beds with like their legs in a cast or something. And then there's Magnum sitting in a chair in his. Hawaiian shirt, tiger's mm-hmm. hat, and tiny little khaki shorts. It's shortest. Yeah. yeah. Short. D- Daisy Duke called and she said, your shorts are a little short there, Tom. <laughs> and for whatever um, reason, Tracy's I mouth was covered. You. Yeah, Tracy's <laughs> mouth was covered, too. That I liked that. Um, yeah, that was good. And they had, they found Magnum's award. Oh. It was in, <laughs> yeah. it was in Lindley's office. He was using it to prop a window open. <laughs> and so they give it to him and uh they convince him to start giving his acceptance speech right there in the in the ho- uh, hospital room and uh he's him and hawing around about it and then the episode ends with a nurse bumping the door that he's standing in front of <laughs> and we freeze frame on him <laughs> dropping it and that but ends you our episode. hear a crash of we glass. Do. You, do. Yeah, you hear it you hear it break yeah and and that Magnum P.I. episode uh, season seven, and the episode is titled AAPI. All right, so look, I I love the cheese ball nature of this show. I gotta know. So I'm gonna start with Audie. What did you think? Did you enjoy Magnum? Oh, this was great. This was so much fun. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna watch it again, more Magnum, but now I really want to. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy. Oh, this was a blast. I did at one point say, we could just, we could just do like a Magnum PI podcast. I mean, <laughs> just, just go through it all. It's fine. I mean, there's, there's like 160 episodes. It could make That's what for I'm saying. a it's decent content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're two for two. Steven, how about you? I loved every minute of it. <laughs> every minute. Like, you know, when we get a show we watch and you understand why it had eight seasons or nine mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. just off of one episode, you're like, okay, I get it. And and I think it was a smart move for Tom Selleck to be like, yeah, I'll pass on Indy. I'm going to stick with my shorty shorts in Hawaii. Uh, good move. It was so fitting. It was quirky. It was funny. It had action. It was just, it was an 80s show. Like, it had all those trappings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I, I I loved it. It just harkens to a time I just can recall sitting on the, the living room floor watching whatever my parents were watching. I was transported. It was wonderful. <laughs> and And it's great because it's a kind of show where it's just week to week doesn't matter like there's no overarching story that you have to you have to pay attention to you just enjoy yeah. slice of life of like this guy just hanging out in hawaii uh doing his thing um i also liked they they did work in because tom Selleck was a pretty athletic guy too and they worked his athleticism into stuff there's an episode where he tries out to be a quarterback for an like a pro football team mm-hmm. um there was in the opening credits uh, there's a shot of him dunking a basketball. Like, he could really do that. In fact, <laughs> Tom Selleck actually got into a Major League Baseball spring training game. In 1990, I think it was, he uh, he got one at-bat. Uh, Detroit Tigers manager Sparky Anderson let him bat once. He was on the team. Like, he was he was on the roster for all of spring training. And he got in one at-bat against a Major League pitcher. Didn't get a hit, but he did fall off a few. And uh, and looked really good in the batter's box, and not bad for a guy who was like almost forty five at the time. 
Yeah. He looks like a ball player too. Yeah, he, like, does. he looks. Yep. He looks. If you look at an '80s baseball player mm-hmm. next to Tom, you're like, yes, those the DNA is there. It's strong in this one. Uh, <laughs> also, you notice how tall he is when you're watching this show. Like, Ooh, oh, yeah, and yeah. by comparison, how short actors tend to be because he's mm-hmm. like a head taller They're than everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Magnum P.I. I love the show, too. It's one of those. I'm with Audie. I don't know when I'm going to get to watch more of it, but I definitely want to watch more of it uh, again. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said at the start of the show, you know, I grew up watching this and, and Rockford Files. And it was originally the idea they had uh, like early, early stages of this was that Magnum was going to be more of a James Bond like character. And Selleck didn't like that he wanted it to be more like Jim Rockford. He wanted him to be more of kind of an everyman where mm-hmm. somebody watching the show could identify with him as just like a guy. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was the right move to make it. Um, you know, we didn't have TC and Rick a lot in this episode. They were usually involved a lot more in whatever was going on. Typically TC flying him in the helicopter somewhere, uh, telling him he needs gas money. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, there was also not a ton of Higgins in this, but Higgins and Magnum kind of had, they started off with a very adversarial relationship and it, it grew to be more of like a Felix and Oscar type odd couple thing. Uh, as it went along, they got more respect for each other. They, they never called each other by their first names for the entirety of the show though. Yeah. It was always Magnum and Higgins. And I, I kind of, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Nice. Um, that's but yeah, that's, that is Magnum PI and that kicks off private eye month. Um, which I, this was yeah. a ton of fun, and I can't wait to see what else we got going on here. Yeah, we did get some feedback. If you want Ooh. it, I got uh, yes. one note um, from Tyra Burton. Shout out to Tyra, uh, who I met at Dragon Con, who's a Dragon Con friend. Sweet. Uh, she said Magnum was my husband's Thursday or uh, Easy Thursday cosplay while you're at Dragon Con. Nice. So she actually dressed as Magnum. Uh, she said, but with longer shorts. Uh, she said, I love the show when it aired. And uh, it had a little bit of diversity, which I guess wasn't super common at the time. So she said that was that was kind of one of her favorite things about it. So that's from that's from Tyra. Thank you, Tyra. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, Tyra. Yeah, it, it did have a little more diversity. Um, I think setting it on Hawaii and having um, some you know Asian American actors uh, in there for a lot of those. They also loosely tied it with Hawaii Five O. Like there's some references to Hawaii Five O in there occasionally. Um, which I liked quite a bit too. Oh, but we yeah, got so, a little bit more feedback. Holy oh. cow. We got we got feedback all over the place. I just oh, checked heck. the email. Sorry, I hate to mean to get right excited. Up. No. no uh, do you mind if I uh, I read a couple of these? Go for By it. All so, uh Larry uh had a note about our Dick Van Dyke show episode. He said I enjoy your podcast and really enjoyed the Dick Van Dyke episode. If you get a chance, watch season 3 episode 1. That's my boy. It is a very funny ending and had the longest laugh by the studio audience in the show's history. They had to edit most of it out. Uh, I actually did watch that episode. Thank you, Larry. I showed it to my wife because I was like, this is the flipping funniest episode of television you're going to watch for a while. And it, 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 it worked. Uh, that's my boy for you guys if you, you want to go. That's my boy question mark. <laughs> so that's my boy. Uh, and Phil, uh, our good friend Phil, uh, has a note about Magnum. 
said, as a kid, I absolutely loved mystery stories and TV shows about private eyes because they got to the truth of things without having to follow rules like cops. Magnum P.I. took that to an entire new level by showing me that when I grew up and got my private investigator's license, if I looked very hard for the right opportunity, maybe someday I could land a sweet gig mooching off some rich guy in Hawaii, driving his Ferrari, harassing his manservant, and hanging with beautiful ladies all while sporting the coolest mustache since my dad's. But then I realized I could never bring myself to be a Detroit Tigers fan, so it couldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I ended up in the bizarro Magnum world, which is wearing a White Sox hat and driving an uninsured Nissan Altima in Florida. <laughs> Steve, Steven, stay positive. Audie, keep cranking out the great episode art. Travis, keep rocking that glorious mane. And Amy, keep pretending you aren't the coolest one in the room, even though you're fooling no one. You guys rock. Phil. Thank you, Phil. That's Hashtag fantastic. truth. Love it. I love everything yeah. about that except uh, the hate on the Detroit Tigers, Phil. <laughs> Watching you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Audie, what do you got for us next week? So next week, you mentioned it a couple times up front. I I struggled with this at first because um, y'all took all the good ones that were easy to find <laughs> and stream somewhere, <laughs> yeah. um, and ones that I could relate to. I almost picked Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers for us. Nice. But Disney Plus has kind of butchered that in a couple ways, and I don't want to rant too much. So. Uh, I remember Daily Motion exists, and people have just thrown everything up there. So we're going to watch an episode of Simon and Simon. Season 4, Episode 9, almost completely out of circulation, where they investigate the murder of a cartoonist. Oh, Oh. snap. And there's a couple of uh, actors in this episode that we're going to talk about. Besides oh, nice. the stars, it's this is going to be a fun one. Oh, excellent! I can't wait. I uh, yeah, and and it fits with Magnum too because oh yeah, they existed in the same world. We will we will so, get into that. Next week will be Simon and Simon. Now, if you want to send us feedback, like Phil or, or um, uh, anybody, Larry, that, um, you, you can you can do that. Uh, those were the days at gmail dot com. Those were the days show at gmail.com. Those were the days show at gmail.com. <laughs> There's also Twitter, uh, or, yeah, it's Twitter, um, at those days show. Uh, you can send us uh, feedback there. I'm on all the socials as TVs, Travis, so you can always, if you mm-hmm. want to find me, you can, uh, you can send me stuff there. Um, and uh, everybody, uh, the rest of you are on all the social networks, so I, I can't remember. We're all there. We're, yeah. we're all there somewhere, uh, but find us through the at those days show. Um, or mm-hmm. those were the days show at gmail.com. Send us your feedback. Let us know what you think of the shows that were. Do you remember Simon and Simon? Do you have something about Magnum PI um, that you want to talk about? Or any of our old shows? We'd, we'd love the feedback. Uh, you can find the show uh, anywhere you get your podcasts and just look for Audie's awesome art because every, every yeah. episode, it's just mm, it's so you keep outdoing yourself. Top notch. Yep. Uh, so for Stephen, for Audie, and for Amy. This has been, I'm Travis, and this has been Those Were the Days. We'll see you next week for Simon and Simon. Bye.